Welcome to Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. I'm Amy Spreeman. What does a community foundation do? What role do we play in our community? Well, ask anyone in your neighborhood those questions, and you'll probably get a lot of different answers. You might be wondering yourself how the work we do impacts lives and helps our Fox Valley region flourish. Today, we're excited to highlight an episode from Appleton Engaged, a compelling podcast from the city of Appleton. Much like Voices from the Valley, which is dedicated to amplifying diverse voices within our communities, the Appleton Engaged podcast lifts up individuals, organizations, and resources that contribute to making our community an extraordinary place to reside, work, and play. And this month, hosts Andy Anam and Timber Smith get the lowdown on everything about about us from our own Tammy Geenan, Vice President of Community Engagement. Here's that conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. Hello. And welcome to Appleton Engaged. I'm your host, Timber Smith, DEI coordinator for the city of Appleton. And I'm Andy Anam, the communications manager for the city. And Appleton Engaged is a podcast that explores the many people, organizations, and resources that make our community a great place to live, work, and play. So whether you're a longtime resident or just getting to know Appleton, join us as we learn more about our community together. Today we have a very special guest from an organization which has impacted this region like no one else did. So I'm very, very excited to learn about our special guest today. I can't agree more. Like I think it's I think this is gonna be like such an educational episode because I don't think we all understand the impact that this particular resource has on our region and why it helps make our region who it is today. It has a huge impact on making it a more belonging and a more inclusive community. So without further ado, our this week's guest is Tammy Glean, Vice President of Community Engagement for the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. How are you doing, Tammy? I'm doing well. Hello, Timber. <laughs> Hi, Andy. All right. We are super excited that you are here with us. And so are you ready to jump in? Let's jump in. All right. So can you please tell us about yourself and your association with Appleton and the surrounding Fox Cities region? Sure. I'll go back to where I grew up. And when I moved to Appleton in 1995, I found myself explaining where I was from. And I said, oh, I'm from this small town a little bit south of Appleton, and it's Rosendale. Maybe you haven't heard of it. It's 500 people that live there, and everyone here said, oh, yeah, we know where Rosendale is. I'm going to say the same thing. (laughs) Totally know where Rosendale is. (laughs) So I... um, then apologize if anyone has ever experienced what Rosendale is known for and whoever created the tagline that appears on T-shirts that in the gas station at the main intersection that says, Rosendale, just the ticket. 
<laughs> it's a great, a great tagline. And, and so I get mixed reactions for people that say either they have been forced to make a stop in Rosendale or if they just continue to pass through. So, so I am from the infamous Rosendale. And I grew up on a farm just outside of, of Rosendale. My parents were dairy farmers. And so I grew up in a family with a very strong work ethic. And, you know, when you come from a, a small town in a rural community, you learn how everyone knows each other, pitches in, helps each other. So I kind of grew up with that with that background and I had um, three younger brothers and really formed again that 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 work ethic and and sense of community and and what that means. I went away to college at UW Lacrosse and was a mass communications major. I had no idea what I wanted to do until a professor said, "Have you ever thought about television?" I said, "No, never." Started taking some classes, and that's how my career started. Did a little bit of work in lacrosse, then worked in Rockford, Illinois, as a reporter and videographer and anchor, and then moved here in 1995 to work at WFRV TV5. And I was a reporter when they had bureau here in Appleton. So I started working at, at Channel 5 out of our small office here in Appleton. And two years later, I started co-anchoring the morning news for Channel 5. But I always stayed in Appleton. So I've lived here for 28 years. And when I was ready to transition my career, I saw an ad in the Post Crescent newspaper. It was a position for a communications entry-level position with an organization that was not even named in the ad. I didn't know where it was. All I knew it was an entry-level position. So I went to the temp agency and took their tests and found out it was a position for a nonprofit organization called the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. And I said, I've never heard of it. <laughs> I thought, how could I not have heard of this organization working in the in the media? And they said, well, they're hiring their first communications staff member. And if you're interested, apply. I did. And so joined the Community Foundation in 1999. Mm. And you're still there. I am still there. I know. It's it's incredible to think I'm coming up on my 25th anniversary. Wow. That's amazing. And just really always, I don't know, felt like this was this was like an, a second home to me. I think just the the people and the spirit um here in the Fox Cities, how everyone uh, cares for one another, just kind of rolls up their sleeves and and helps one another really connected with me from you know how I grew up in a small town and and just yeah really really decided I wanted to to stay here and live here and and raise a family here and I'll I'll date myself a little bit when I started at the community community foundation our then um, president and CEO Larry Koth said the first thing we would like you to do is to create a website and to set us up with email and I said wow websites those were for like 
big companies and I don't know how to set up a website and getting us started with email and, you know, again, found people to help me do that and figure that out. And then fast forward 25 years later and now starting to learn about AI and, (laughs) you know, all of all of these other um, ways of, of communicating and, you know, doing podcasts. Who would who would have thought 25 years ago? Right. Those are words that didn't, they weren't even in our lexicon 25 years ago. <laughs> Tammy, can you please tell us about the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley region? I will. The foundation was started in 1986, and it was – the original idea of Walter L. Rugland, who was the head of Aid Association for Lutherans, now Thrivent, and he won a community service award that came with $5,000. And Walter said, I want to use this $5,000 as seed money to start a community foundation. So the concept of a community foundation has been around, oh, I think for over 100 years but it was a, a new idea in 1986. So Walter got some different community leaders together from throughout the Fox Cities. But they were very intentional in choosing the name. So sometimes we'll have people that will say, your name is so long, Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. And they're like, why is your name so long? And in looking back at the, at the history It was really important at that time to not have just an Appleton Community Foundation or a Nina Community Foundation, but Fox Valley Region, which, as I understand it, was also a pretty new kind of concept or way of thinking about community from a broader region than individual cities or even the Fox cities. So the choice of the name um, was also very intentional. And I love the story about about Walter. He put in an ad in the Post Crescent newspaper and said, I'm starting this new community foundation. And if you're interested, call me. And he put his number at work in the ad and said, call me. Let me know if you're interested. There were 200 people wow. that responded to that newspaper ad. Wow. And... Walter and the organizers said, okay, this like there's something here. <laughs> there's something here. The first board of directors was 45 people. <laughs> so if you can imagine that board, but again, representative of the region, being inclusive, making sure, at least from that, that initial geography perspective to look outside just the, the center, the center of the Fox Cities. So the Community Foundation serves... A Four County and a little bit of a partial county, and I'll explain in a minute. So all of Outagamie County, Calumet, Shawano, and Wapaka County, and then Nina Menasha, because it crosses into Winnebago, we always say, you know, the 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 northern part of Winnebago County as well. So that's our service region. Roughly a population base of about 250, 260,000 people is the is the our kind of our, our core population base. Wow. I never thought of it because of it being regional. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's a quarter million, more than a quarter million people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of service. 
Yeah, and we work with um, five geographic affiliates, so they're many community foundations. They don't have office space. Our staff at the foundation supports them, but they help us keep a closer pulse on what's going on throughout the region. So we have these many community foundations and, and boards that are located in Chilton, Brilliant, Shawano, Clintonville, and Wapaka. So we work very closely with the volunteers in those communities. And as we say, we are them and they are us and really help us understand how we can support them and what the needs are and what the different needs are in more rural areas of of the Fox Valley region. So what I want to help our Appleton Engage listeners understand is who does the foundation serve? Mm. Um because and 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 what it does, I, I'm not sure people understand. Right there's this there's this name, and we know there's it's regional and it has regional impact. But what is what is that? What if 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 we don't know anything? What are the basics? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, we are a nonprofit public charity, so we do have nonprofit status, which means that. Dollars that are contributed in to the community foundation can be tax deductible and are used for charitable purposes. So that's number one. I'm going to use very non-technical terms to explain what we do. We have a money in side of what we do and a money out side of what we do. So we receive money from individuals families, businesses, organizations, really anyone who wants to do something charitable in the community. So we can receive their contributions and either create a charitable fund in their name, in someone else's name. They can be anonymous. And anything that they contribute into their charitable fund or bucket, <laughs> my my very non-technical term, can be used by them or our staff to direct money out to benefit nonprofit organizations. So we receive those contributions from the community at the community foundation. We're that middle entity that makes sure the dollars are invested often for the long term and in perpetuity forever, and then make sure that the dollars are benefiting the community. So we like to say that the community foundation is a reflection of the generous community that exists here. And we wouldn't exist or be able to have the impact that we do if it wasn't for the generous, the generosity that, that exists here. And then as far as the impact and the dollars that come in and then go out to benefit the community, we couldn't be as effective as we could if we didn't have such a high level of collaboration and cooperation and relationships in the community to understand the community needs and where the dollars can do the most good. When we receive contributions that go into the individual charitable funds or buckets, 
sometimes people know exactly what they want to see their dollars do. And so they might want to benefit their church or a food pantry or their alma mater or a child's school. So sometimes people come in and they have very specific ideas of what they would like to do. And so we can help them do that, not only while they're living, but also after they're gone. So that's a a big role that we play is preserving those community dollars or those community assets to help help benefit the community year after year after year. So kind of thinking of the community foundation like the community savings account that will continue to benefit all aspects of life, everything that, that makes the Fox Valley region the great place that it is. It is a fascinating organization, and trust me why I say that, when I moved to the region, this is the first organization I kept hearing, and it kept coming again and again and again in every conversation I had with different people. So that is incredible, and congratulations for that. I wanted to learn more about the scholarship opportunities offered as well as the grants which are offered Mm -hmm. from the foundation. Mm -hmm. I'll share a, a little bit of some of that impact and some numbers here from last year. So as I talked about, people that contribute money into the charitable funds or the buckets, we have a little over 1,800 different charitable funds, all for different types of purposes. And last year, the grants and scholarships together that went out totaled $40 million. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's I, I continue to be amazed at the generosity, even after 25 years of working at the foundation. It's just astonishing, um, the generosity. Um, and a lot of the the grant dollars, too, um, there's flexibility for that money to be directed to local nonprofits, but also to charities anywhere. So if someone, you know, also is um, connected to a community in Florida or Arizona where they go in the winter, they can use their charitable fund to benefit nonprofits in multiple geographic locations. So it does not all have to stay here, but the majority, the majority of it, of it does. And then specifically out of that $40 million last year, scholarships alone totaled $1.4 million. So we have a very active scholarship program because scholarships are so popular. We have a lot of people that just love to impact students. And so we have staff at the community foundation that are working year round on just the scholarship, the scholarship piece. So there were 512 scholarships that were awarded to students last year, totaling that that $1.4 million. And then of that $40 million in total grants, there were 1,700 individual grant recipients that received those dollars. And then uh, cumulatively, grants that have been awarded since the, fo- the Community Foundation was formed have totaled $453 million. Wow. $453 million. It's almost just, half a billion. Just since 1986. I mm. mean, it's, yeah, in, incredible. And there are 
23, 24 ish community foundations in Wisconsin. And so the community foundation here is the second largest in the state behind the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. Oh, wow. So, again, that reflection of the generosity of our community. Um, it's always so interesting, you know, especially when we go to, you know, national conferences or connect with community foundations from around the country. And they're like, they're like, what, what, what is happening in this Fox Valley region area and um, the dollars that are contributed in and then as well as the volume of grants that go out every year. Our community foundation often ranks in the top 10 to 15 percent of community foundations nationwide. And there are something like 800 community foundations across the country. So it's pretty special and pretty amazing when you think about how that generosity here also fits in um, on a a national level as well. I I think people would just really care about the community, right? Right. They just really want to create, continue to make positive impact. So uh, I hear two things. There's like two two constituents you kind of serve. There Mm -hmm. is those who want to donate and and create some type of positive impact in the community by giving. Yes. Then there are those who need the resources. How does that work on, on that side of things? If you're a resource out there and you are looking for some assistance, guidance, funding, what, is, what does that kind of look like? Yeah, Um a lot of times when we connect with connect with people, the first thing they say is, I had no idea how complex and how flexible the community foundation is. So it can be a great thing and it can also have its have its challenges when you're when you're so flexible but yet complex. So in some cases, back to what what I was referencing before, sometimes we have people that know exactly what they want to give to and you know that continues on and on, and we work with them to determine if they you know, want to adjust their giving or what that looks like. But then we'll have people that will say, I don't know what I want to give to specifically, and the needs change all the time, but I want to do something to help. So they want to give to a fund that is called our Community Vision Fund. And that is a fund that is designed to be flexible and adapt to changing needs And then that has a grant application process. So for the nonprofit organizations that need money, whether it's an arts organization or a community development program, a financial stability program, whatever that is, they can apply for dollars that are available there. We have about $800,000 to a million dollars a year that's available in that community vision fund. And we have staff and volunteers that consider requests for dollars and guidelines on, on how we, how we award those, those dollars. So that's also a way for someone to, to kind of get engaged or connected to the community foundation. We accept contributions of any amount. So that does not matter contributions can be made at any time and then all those dollars are pooled together to do good in the 
in the community. And so we have a variety of different other relationships with donors or charitable funds where there's application processes. So it really just depends on what the end end purpose is, if it's open to applications or not. So now I'm curious, like you do so many things, you're involved in so many different arenas and activities. Do you have any signature events which you can like tell to us? Because I'm curious, like given the length and breadth of the organization, what kind of signature events you have? Yeah, um, and I would say currently, I I wouldn't say that we have signature events, but we are always trying to be present in events and in community where we can connect and continue to learn and understand um, what is happening in the community, where relationships or connections might be made. So I would say we probably try to connect more with the events that are happening, or we sometimes support them financially, or whatever that that might be. What What we have found is Everyone's just a little different on when this idea of charitable giving or giving back kind of suddenly hits them. And so what I've learned is that often it's a life event of some kind that happens. Maybe it's a, a career change. Maybe it's someone, you know, having their first child and realizing, oh, I have to put together you know, a will and have, you know, direction for what I want to see for my new child. And at the same time, their their attorney or financial advisor is saying, well, have you thought about, also thought about a charitable piece of your planning that you're doing for your family? And and so sometimes it's it's that or a family member passes away and someone thinks, how can I do something in, meaningful in memory of them that will that will continue on. So so we always try to be, again, present, engaged, and in relationship because we never quite know when something will, will happen where individuals or, or families or organizations really want to do something. And also when something is happening in the community where there is a big need, when we can try and mobilize some financial resources or connections. Tammy, can you please share a story that will help the Appleton Engage listeners understand some of the impact that the Community Foundation has? Mm-hmm. One thing that, that I always try and, and, and keep in mind as I'm driving around the community or, or the region is I, I stop and, and try and think about, oh, here's a park or a trail, or the Performing Arts Center, or Mile of Music, or a mental health program, or whatever it is. And just to pause a little bit and think about how collaborative relationships help to make that those things possible. There's so much that I think everyone interacts with that maybe isn't always realized, you know, how did this come about and who cared enough to take the lead or contribute? And so one story that I think kind of also demonstrates the the spirit of giving and helping, uh, kind of going back to when the, the COVID pandemic 
hit back in in March of 2020, and um, also back to connections and and relationships. We have um, strong partnerships and relationships with other funding entities. So we've had a long time, a long term relationship with United Way, Fox Cities. So as the pandemic was hitting and everything was was shutting down and we were hearing from the community, you know, suddenly we are all thrust into this crisis and no one really knew, okay, what is happening? How do we deal with this? And I remember being at home because our office had closed and I um, sent a text to my colleague at United Way and I said, hey, we want to start a COVID-19 community response fund. Would you like to partner with us? And would you like to each start with some seed money and then work together to see if the community wants to help in some way? And right away it was, yes, we're in. So we started creating this community response fund, established it quickly, and I don't remember the exact time frame, but in a very short amount of time, $1.7 million was contributed from the community from, again, a wide range of just people that wanted to help. And the fund was focused on providing help with emergency basic needs as the pandemic was unfolding with a particular focus on marginalized and underserved populations in the community. And so in areas of things like like stable and safe housing and food and health, well-being, you know, those kinds of things. And this, again, everything was unfolding. We didn't really know <laughs> what the needs were going to be. But most of the dollars through this collaboration with Community Foundation and United Way being sp- sparked by this generosity, we engaged in rapid grant making. And within the first, I believe, six to nine months, the majority of that $1.7 million was distributed throughout the region to make sure that we were providing as much support as we could through that fund as conditions were changing from week to week during the pandemic, um, during those months. And so I think there were, in all total, there were 118 different grant recipients of those dollars, again, all throughout our multi-county region. So I just remember just feeling so proud of of the community and how everyone quickly came together when it really wasn't clear where things were going to go or how things were, were going to unfold. Truly, you are impact makers. That's a big thing. And more and more we are listening. It's like, wow, every time. So it's a, it's a great thing. Is there anything the community can do to be helpful? I know the community is already flourishing and from the generous donation from the community. But on in, 20, in addition, like, can anything be done from the community's end to be more helpful? And if there are any volunteering opportunities as well? Yeah, great question. Again, I think we have the ability to meet people where they are in their charitable giving journey. So again, we have that flexibility, everything from if someone would like to do something, you know, more more specific or meaningful while they're living, or we can help people plan for after they're no longer here, you know, after they either move out of the community 
pass away, want to leave a legacy for their children, we can help structure something and can ensure that their giving continues. Again, we can take contributions at any time and any amount for the Community Vision Fund. Or even if people just are like, you know, I'm really curious about, you know, a, a specific aspect of, of health care or the environment or the arts or whatever it might be. And I just want to learn more what's going on. Our staff would be happy to to be a resource, even just to learn and understand how to connect. From a, from a volunteering perspective, our scholarship program, which is very robust, relies on volunteers to serve on scholarship selection committees. So if there's anyone that really likes to review scholarship applications and, and serve on those kinds of committees, I know we're always looking for a lot of volunteers in that kind of spring, early springtime time period every year um, to help with scholarship selections. But we can also connect people to our partners that are engaged in plugging volunteers in all around the community too. Who can people contact if they wish to learn more? The best way is to really reach out to our office. Um, our phone number is 920-830-1290 and we'll be happy to, to get you connected. Our general email is info at cf, as in Frank, foxvalley.org. Info at cf foxvalley.org. So those are the best ways to reach out directly. And then our website is www.cffoxvalley.org. So that is our main hub. And uh, that's a great place to get connected to learn more about what we do, our community initiatives, how to apply for scholarships, what kind of grants are available to apply for, who are our community partners, who's on our board and our staff. So that's a, a great place to learn about us. Was there anything that we we didn't ask today that you wish to share? I guess just um, one point, and it, it's something that's related to the story about the, the COVID-19 Community Response Fund, you know, at, at that time, the National Council on Foundations was asking for funders to sign a philanthropy pledge, which was a commitment to look at how a funder like the Community Foundation could look at ways that it was connecting with its nonprofit partners in their communities, and at the time of COVID, to say, please look at ways to reduce the administrative burden, the paperwork, the steps to try and receive grant dollars, and to really make things as as easy and still accountable when it came to to giving dollars away, and how to really look at that that relationship between funders and the nonprofit organizations. And so we signed that pledge in, in 2020 and also related to that connected with a national movement called the Trust-Based Philanthropy Project, which is, is designed to look at power dynamics between funders and nonprofit partners and how to ensure that as we are connecting in relationships in the community – that we are doing that 
through that lens of of power dynamics and how to deepen relationships and and trust and that's how you begin to have a, a deeper and greater understanding of what the true community needs are and again especially in marginalized and underserved communities and then how nonprofits can hold us accountable and that's a a two-way respectful relationship. And so that's something that as we go into the future and look at our own strategic direction, we're really trying to look at what it means to be in relationship um, in the community. Okay. Tammy, it's one of our favorite times of the show, and that is shout-out time. Who would you like to shout out? Oh, wow. There's so many. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to you and Andy for – doing this podcast and giving an opportunity for voices to be heard in the community and providing that that platform. And I know, Timber, you have a, a great relationship with, uh, with Amy in our office who does a Voices of the Valley podcast. So I just think voices, stories, and the more you hear, the greater and deeper the relationships and connections are in the community. So shout out to both of you. Also to all of my colleagues and volunteers at the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley region who are so committed and so passionate about this work. And also to our Community Foundation neighbors and partners here in Wisconsin. It is a wonderful collaborative giving network that we are part of as well. And then the donors, donors who provide the dollars, the generous dollars to enable us to do the work that we do for the greater good of the community, our volunteers, and our community leaders for just being open to having conversations, dialogue, really aimed at at understanding what role we all have and can play in contributing to uh, a flourishing better community for everyone. Thank you, Tammy. It's that time. We're going to start wrapping up this episode. Appleton Engaged listeners, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us your minds for a little bit of time. We hope you enjoyed this insightful conversation. Until next time, stay thoughtful, stay curious, and stay engaged. We hope you enjoyed that conversation on the Appleton Engaged podcast. And if you haven't already subscribed, we strongly encourage you to do so. I'll put the links in our show notes today. Check out those at cffoxvalley.org slash podcasts. And while you're over there, be sure to subscribe to Voices from the Valley if you haven't already. You can listen to us wherever you download your podcasts. I'm Amy Spreeman, and we'll see you next time on Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley region. Mm-hmm.